Thank you, Beth. Thank you. She always likes to uh, you know, give me good compliments, and I'm okay with that. <clears throat> I like compliments. It's good to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Ken is away. Uh, some are nice and hot, and uh, so, is, so is George as well. But I'm happy that we actually have hot weather too, so I'm excited, and I do not, you know, I'm good. We're good. We like the sun. We like the sunshine. We got our backyard ready, and we're ready for the summer. I don't know if you are, but we're ready. And uh, there's something, just something beautiful and joyful about the summer, isn't it? The sun's shining through, and actually, you can feel the heat. You know, it's not like in the winter days when you can see the sun, but you can't really feel, feel the heat, you know? So there's something joyful about summer. I love summer, one of my favorite seasons of the year. And I'm excited that it's finally here. Um, and that's what I want to speak to you this morning on the topic of summer. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I want to speak to you on the topic of joy, which is very connected with summer and sunshine. And Oh, I forgot about this. All right, so this is just a funny story. I had my birthday on Easter, and my worship team uh, got together, and they got me a little gift. This is a wobble head. This is actually me. And this is actually me reading the Bible. They did mess up the, the suit, though. This is a, they put me in a Catholic priest suit, which is fine. I mean, I, I take no offense. I, I'm totally fine reading the Bible and stuff. But it is funny because it does have a little man bun. It does move. And it was funny because uh, <clears throat> when they got this the first day, it was just, I had, a, I had a really joyful day just looking at this thing, staring at me at my desk. So I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to put this here right over at the media station, right on top, to stare at them as they're doing all the media stuff in the back so they can always know Pastor David is watching. <laughs> it is very joyful. So that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, Joy. Should I, should I leave him up here? Are you worthy? Yes, he is. Okay, we'll keep him here. Uh, we can have a joyful time. And we're going to get serious about the Word of God too, but I think this is just amazing. You make sure to zoom in. You know, I'll actually have a little man bun here so you can zoom in right here. If you, my, my side angle, you know, <laughs> which is my better side, by the way. Anyhow, so joy, I want to talk to you about rejoicing and what it means to be joyful. And, and that's my, my title of my t topic this morning is Start Rejoicing. And you know what I've realized over the past few months? The enemy tries really hard to steal our joy, to steal our joy, especially in the hard times. He just wants to go in, take the joy, and then he just wants you to be all depressed, sad, grumpy, edgy, angry, bitter, and all those things. And uh, joy really is the fuel for life. It really is to, to a fuel. It's, it's a fuel. It's something that keeps us going, keeps us moving forward. And uh, funny story, because it's summer, I do have to share my funny stories about my scooter, which is not, which is actually a real bike. So it's like a Vespa, but it's, it's a different brand. And it runs on gas. You need a license, you need insurance. Uh, but the funny story is I always put it away for the winter, right? And this was the first week, this last week that I took it out. And I just, I am, my wife knows, I'm so extra joyful when I'm on my bike. I just love my little bike. You know, it doesn't go too fast, but it goes. Long story, what I was actually going to say is, this past Wednesday, we came here as a worship team. We had a rehearsal, 
And I was actually, uh, we just had a joyful time. I was happy to ride this thing. Even Marco sat on it, was driving it. It was just, it was just, it was a fun time. On the way back home, though, um, when I was coming here, I was thinking, okay, last year I, f- I usually fill up when I, before I put it away, you know, and I leave it for the winter. And then when I was riding it, I thought to myself, well, I guess I'll fill up on my way back home, or you know, because I'm in a rush, so I don't really have time. So I sat on my little, little uh, motorcycle, and as I was driving back home in the evening, on just on Homer Watson, uh, halfway to the gas station, it just dies on me. I ran out of gas. I had a joyful expression up until that moment. <laughs> because all I could picture is just my boy has this, uh, Zion has this balance bike. You know, you guys have seen those kids have those with, you know, pushing their. I felt like Zion because I had to be pushing myself <laughs> two feet. It was a good workout, but I had about maybe a kilometer to push myself to the next gas station, which was just there. But do you ever feel like, you know, you're so joyful, but then all of a sudden just joy is gone because something happens? That's what happened to me. Uh, as there's a saying, you get baptized in lemon juice and vinegar. That, you know, just gets sad, and it's like, what just happened? I, everybody's driving by me, and I'm pushing this scooter, and I'm, I, call, I t- text my wife. She's laughing, obviously. It's, and another funny story, you know, and, and I try to make joke, joke out of it. You know, I was texting the guys here, telling them, I think God is trying to punish me because of something, you know. It was just a joke, but I'm, a, I'm generally a jokester. For those of you who know, I, I like to joke, and I like, uh, although I think God has a sense of humor. When he made me a pastor, I had to uh, serious up, and I had to reverend up. But, you know, if I wasn't a pastor, I think I would be a comedian. The clean comedian, not the bad one, the good ones, you know. I think I would make a good comedian. I can make people laugh, generally, just with the expressions of my face. I don't even have to say much. Or with just stuff, you know. Uh, anyhow, so I was sad, and, and uh, that was a funny story. But then I thought of it. Yeah, I could probably share that story on Sunday because it's relevant, you know. When you run out of fuel, you run out of joy, and then your life is just like, what just happened? And what I've realized is that you have a choice every day to choose joy. And you have to choose joy Psalm 118, 24 says this, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. As a song that across all generations and all countries and all cultures, this is the day, this is, like the first song you learn in a Sunday school and just kind of carry it on. I know it in Serbian, I know it in English, I know it in Japanese. and It's like, you know, all these, everybody sings it, everybody knows it. My dad sang it to us all the time. But then, uh, there's another verse I want to share from Isaiah 61. Is why Jesus came. There's all these reasons of why Jesus came. To set the captives free and all these things. And then one thing here, it says this. To, to bring the oil of joy for those that are mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So did you know that joy and praise is why Jesus came for? And the joy and praise are the antidotes for depression and the spirit of heaviness too. We've heard this, many people say this, I just want to be happy. You know, you ask people that don't really just kind of about life, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to become? What do you want? I just want to be happy. I want to do things that make me happy. And happiness really is a fleeing, a fleeting emotion that we all get. You know, I don't know if you ever maybe purchase something that you really like and you're happy for a moment and the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, why did I just do that? 
you know, the buy, they call it the buyer's remorse. Or you, we get happy about things. I don't know what makes you happy. For me, it's my scooter, it's my family, just doing fun stuff, you know, hiking and all that kind of stuff. But what I realized that because happiness is an emotion, it comes and goes. So it changes all the time. So somebody once said, happiness is what happens to you, but joy is what's produced in you. So there's a big difference between joy and happiness. And for us Christians, um, we know that joy goes deep into our hearts. And true joy really comes only from God. I'm going to focus on Philippians 4, which is one of my favorite uh, scripture in, in the Bible. And then, then there's 1 Thessalonians as well. But this is Paul writing from the prison to all of the believers. Uh, Philippians and then Thessalonica. And then he's writing the same thing. And this is what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And that's the key, to rejoice in the Lord. Not all the things that are around you and things that are happening, and the happenings, but in the Lord. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is pure, true, noble, right, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. So <clears throat> I find myself uh, talking about these verses a lot, especially during the pandemic. We're talking about just focusing on positive, thinking about positive things and all these things. And that really was something that I think got a lot of us through. But we don't realize that just a few verses before this, of what, what we should be focusing our mind to, there is a command. It says, Rejoice. And it's like, you want all these things, you want the peace in your life, you want to have experience this fullness of life. Well, you gotta start by choosing to rejoice in the Lord. And then it goes joy, then you get prayer, and there's peace, being positive, uh, and, and all these things. So, uh, second, verse, second verse I wanna uh, share with you this morning is rejoice always. This is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know God's will, what God's will is for you and your life? It is to rejoice always, not sometimes. Not that things are only good and things are happening great, but rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, all circumstances. It is this perpetual state of rejoicing that I believe is only possible with, with, with God and his, his presence and the Holy Spirit in our lives from the inside out, bubbling from the in, up from the inside out. That is not this joy that is not determined by our circumstances or difficulties it's not determined or, or um, dependent on these happy experiences, but even in sorrow, suffering, and grief, we can have joy because we know first that all is well with our souls and we know that we have this hope, the hope of eternity, the hope of Jesus, the hope of Christ in us. So even when we don't feel like rejoicing, we can choose to focus 
our eyes on God's goodness, grace, and love. And we can rejoice always. Now, um, there's a lot of verses about joy. And if I was going to go through all this, it would be, be a lot of verses. But one that stands out, James 1, 2, he says, Consider it pure joy when you face all kinds of difficulties. Also, another one, John 15, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and talking about all this pruning process, and he says, you know, I've told you all these things so that your joy may be complete. So joy, even in trials, joy, joy even in hard times, joy, even in suffering. And I love what, what uh, Lincoln said. This is what he said. He said, we can complain because roses, rose bushes have thorns, or we can rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. And here's the big idea that I want to share with you this morning. It is only with joy of the Lord in our hearts that we'll be able to navigate the most difficult seasons of our life. It is only with joy of the Lord in our hearts that we'll be able to navigate the most difficult seasons. When we talk about the emotions, they're unreliable. They don't last. They come and go. And Christian life is really all about our focus. Is what are you focusing on? What you choose to focus on determines many, many things in your life, including this. If you focus on your emotions, you will get sorrow. But if you focus on God, you will get joy. So what you focus on, you really empower. And I've noticed in my own life, when I start to give thanks and I focus, um, my focus gets transferred over on positive things and instead of complaining. See, the enemy really tries hard to steal our joy, and he wants us to pay attention to all the negative stuff, to all the guilt and shame and fear and condemnation and what's not right and what's stressful and what he and she said and all these other things. But... Did you know that complaining is to the devil what praise is to God? So what we need to do, not because we feel like it, not because everything is going right, but you have to choose to be grateful, and we need to choose joy of the Lord in our hearts. Because also joy is a big part of uh, Galatians when they talk about Joy, love, and peace, and all these other fruits of the Spirit. It's a big part of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm yet to uh, meet true Christians that don't have joy. Because <laughs> usually when I, when I meet a lot of good Christians, you can just see the joy coming out of their life. Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. But whether you go through hard times or easy times, why should you choose joy? Why should I choose joy? I'm going to give you seven reasons. And I came up with seven just because I think that's the kind of time that I have this morning. But I probably have another, there's probably not a hundred reasons that you should choose joy. But whether you go through a hard time or, 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 or an easy time, you can always say, you know what? I'm going to choose joy because of this and because of that and because of this. And the first thing that, I w that you should choose joy for because is, number one, simply God is good. God is good all the time. He's always been good. He's always going to be good. Everything that comes from God is good. Everything God does is good. Even Jesus said, no one is good except God alone. In him there's only light and no darkness, the scripture tells us. 
He's perfect in his nature. He cannot contradict his nature. His holiness and righteousness, they're part of his nature. Um, he cannot do anything that's unholy or unrighteous. He's a standard of all that is good. He doesn't have any evil intentions. God doesn't have any bad motivations. He's always good. He always does right. And the outcome of his plan is always good. It's always good. You know, everything that God created in the very beginning of the creation, he said that the Lord looked at it, he saw it, what he had made, and he said, it's very good. It's good. What I've just created is good, including us. The enemy wants to lie to us and tell us that we're not good enough, and we're not good in this and that, but because God created us, we are good. So God's goodness is shown all the way through the beginning to the very end, and he's, he's perfect, and he's good, and we can rejoice we can choose to rejoice because even I may not feel good, I know that God is good. And I know that whatever God does is good, so I'm going to rejoice. So that's the first reason you should choose to rejoice. Second reason is why you choose to rejoice, why you should choose to rejoice, is because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is your strength. How do we gain strength when we go through hard times? How do we, where does our strength come from? It comes from God comes from the joy of God in our hearts. Now, if you notice Jesus and him entering into the worst week of his life, the last seven days before he got crucified on Palm Sunday, entering in, you notice Jesus and what he was going to go through. He could have chose a sour, sad, bad attitude, and he could have just be sad the whole week and just, you know what, I'm just going to get crucified. I'm not even going to worry. He, he actually, there's, there's, a, there's a scripture here in Hebrews, which I'm going to read in a second, but it's, it's, it's something that got him through this whole hard time. And this is what it was. It was the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Hebrews 12, 12 1 through 3 says this, We're surrounded by such great clouds of witnesses. Let us throw everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles, let us run with perseverance to raise its marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such a position from sinners that you will not grow weary or lose heart. So look to Jesus because Jesus was looking towards the joy of the fulfillment of the promise that was coming, that was set before him. He knew what was coming, but he chose to rejoice, he chose joy, and that's what actually got him through the hard time. We've heard this familiar line in, 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 a, in a lot, of, even the song that we sang this morning, the joy of the Lord is my strength. A lot of songs, a lot of things that have been written and things that have been sent in, in a Christian circles, but that actually, that whole saying came out, came out of Nehemiah 8, where the Israelites just came from the exile, and they were reading the law, and then they were so overwhelmed with, with this feeling of condemnation, and they were weeping, and they were so sad that, you know, they've been sinning and doing all these things. And then Nehemiah, uh, with, with the priest, came up to them, and he read them the law, and he, this is what he said. 
for all the people who were weeping and mourning, and, um, and then they listened to the words of the law, and Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God, Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And um, this, this is, is sort of um, connected with the reunion with God because they, they, they were re- reunited with, with God and they were repentant. Uh, there was a joy that was, that was bigger than anything. And if you read in Luke 15, there is a story, parables of a lost coin and a lost sheep. And, but then there is a joy that comes when, when the sh- lost sheep is found or when, the, jo- when, when uh, the lost coin is found. So this, this joy represented the reconnection, a reunion with God. And that's really what uh, gives the strength. When you, when you unite yourself with the Spirit of God, you have to experience the joy of the Lord. You have to experience the strength. I, I find in my, own, in my own life, if you are closely connected with the Spirit of God and you're close in fellowship with Him, there's no way that you can't feel the strength and, and God's strength in your heart, in your life. So you choose joy because it is, it is the strength of your life. You choose joy, number three, because you are eternally secure. Luke 10, it says this, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the authority they have among demons and all these things. And Jesus said, no, 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 don't, don't rejoice in all the gifts and talents and all the things you have going on and all the successes of life. But he says this, but rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. That's what we should be rejoicing about. Our name is written in the book of the Lamb. And we can have joy. Because in Romans 10, 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he, he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So with that, uh, with that of hope in our hearts, we, we know where our hope is. And we know that we are secure eternally. No matter what happens, we know that once we leave this earth, we know that we're secure in Jesus and his salvation. So you can rejoice in that. You can rejoice in that fact that you are secure eternally. You can choose to rejoice, number four, because God has a plan for my life. And maybe to to put it this way, because God has a plan for the situation that you're in right now. For, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 29, the plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future, so God has a plan. And we all know the story of Joseph, who was from the very beginning. If, if, if anyone could think that God didn't have a plan for his life, it was Joseph. I mean, he was just, from the very beginning, betrayed from his brothers. He was um, left, left alone. Then he was in a the prison. Then he was betrayed by uh, Pharaoh's uh, wife, thrown into prison. Then he was betrayed by one, one of his fellow prisoners who was, was supposed to put the good word in for him, but he didn't. It was just betrayal after betrayal after betrayal. All these years just getting betrayed and getting, being forgotten. And I mean, if anyone could, could think oh, God doesn't have a plan, it was Joseph. But then we all know the story when he came out of all that and he was the second one in, the com- in command to, to um, Pharaoh. And when the brothers showed up, he said, you know what? You meant all this for evil, but God used it for good. 
And now you see that this was actually God's plan from the very beginning of time. This is why I'm here standing. You know, I might not have known at that time or when it was really hard, when I was going through a hard time, but God had a plan. And this was his plan. It came to fulfillment. Isaiah 55 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher uh, uh, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So right now, in this moment, you may not understand, and you may not have an idea of what is going on and what you're going through, but you can choose to rejoice because God has a plan. And if you go back to number one, God is good, and he has a good plan. I don't know it now, but I'm going to see it, which leads us to number, six, number five. I choose to rejoice because in the end, God is going to work it all, all things together for good. Romans 8, 28, the promise that we have, and we know that for those who love God, God, all things work out together for good. All things. So even though right now I may not understand why this is happening and why I have to go through this and why that person is going through that and why I'm experiencing all this pain and going through this hard time, I'm going to choose to rejoice because I know that somehow, somewhere, God is going to turn it into good and something good is going to come out of it. You know, personally, uh, when I lost my dad, I don't even know, at that time I was thinking, how can, how can this be good? But then now, when I see all the good that came out of it, and maybe even more good that's going to come out of it, I, don't, you know, I just choose to say, you know what, God? You know what you're doing. I'm not God. And I choose to rejoice because I know he's going to work it out all out for good in the end. And in the end, I may not have all the questions that I have right now. I, it's funny, I was talking to someone, and I was saying, you know, I have a lot of questions. I, I'm going to have a lot of questions for God when I get to heaven. And then the person replied, no, you won't. Because when you come to heaven, it's all going to make sense. So I choose to rejoice that God is going to work it all for good. I choose to rejoice, number six, because it prepares me from heaven for heaven. Did you know that heaven is a joyful place? There's no sadness in heaven. There's no depression, anxiety, the what-ifs, you know, uh, being afraid to get out of your house for whatever reason. You know, there's, there's just joy all across. And the Bible talks about this a lot. Rela- Revelation especially, uh, Revelation 19, is the whole thing about this uh, the, uh, exclaiming before the throne of the Lord, hallelujah, for the Lord our God is great and he reigns. Let us rejoice and shout for joy. Let us celebrate, give him glory and honor. And yeah, yeah. It's like there's joy in heaven. And Somebody once said that this life here is a rehearsal for heaven. <laughs> how are you going to rejoice in heaven if you don't know how to rejoice on earth? <laughs> how, how are you going to prepare yourself for heaven? I mean, you're going to have to learn the, uh, one way or the other to rejoice in heaven because you're going to be surrounded by joy. There's, there's nothing, you're not going to be just able to kind of stand there and be like, Every, there's joy everywhere in heaven. So why wouldn't you just right now choose to rejoice, prepare yourself for heaven? Wouldn't that be a great, good plan, wouldn't you think? 
You know, I was trying to picture this in, 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 in my head. How, how do I describe this? And I don't think we can really describe this joy in heaven. Uh, just a few days ago, it was like a three-year anniversary of, and this is the, the way I'm going to describe it to you. It was a three-year anniversary of the, of the Raptors game in the winning shot of Kawhi Leonard, like, three years ago, and he it was a game winner, seventh game, and I remember we were in the basement watching, and I just remember the joy that we had in house when that ball went in. I mean, we were just rejoicing, just like everybody else, but then I saw the videos after, and people that were there in the arena in Tro- at, at Toronto, and then the joy, everybody was just screaming from top of their lungs and going crazy like this guy, you know, we're going to whatever, the next round. And then yesterday, we were just watching the game Chelsea, and uh, my boys are now into sports a lot, so we watched a lot of sports, and there was a Chelsea and Liverpool, and watching that, and, you know, it was good, because one, one is Chelsea fan, the other one is Liverpool, so it was a good, good competition, good competition. But then I look at the stadium, and there is 100,000 people there screaming from top of their lungs, watching 21 men running around this little white thing, and just screaming every time the, there's a shot on the goal, or they miss, or whatever, you know. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't think this can even compare to the joy in heaven. I mean, it's just a little glimpse, and we get excited about these things, and it's like we go get crazy about some things, and we go so joyful. And I know uh, when when I watch games, I just get excited, you know, when whatever, your team is winning, but I just want to acknowledge all the Leaf fans in the house. I'm sorry, again. It's another year (laughs) of not being joyful. Uh, but uh, I just remember, it just came to my mind. Uh, uh, what I was going to say is, yeah, you can't even compare it to heaven. So joy, the heaven, in, 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 heaven is a joyful place. God is a joyful God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you acknowledge that? Do you know that heaven is attracted to joy? I have a feeling like, because I believe, you know, this, we all believe in the spiritual world. We believe in demons and good angels and bad angels. And I believe there's good angels. They're protecting us from a lot of things. And I can only imagine God wanting to send an angel to help you with the project that you're working out at home. And, the, and, and angel is arriving from this heavenly realm of joy, just exuberant, you know, just full of joy, coming to your house. And you're working on a project, and you get mad. Things are not going the way they're supposed to go. And you get upset. You get depressed. You get sad. And I'm thinking, just the angel just kind of sitting there, just looking. Okay, now. Okay, I'm just, I think I'm just going to go back. It was, it was way more joyful up there. <laughs> I come here, and you're just all sad and depressed. Like, I need some joy, you know. And I have a feeling like the angels often are just staring at us when we are in our sad and not to, not to dismiss when we go through hard seasons in life. You know, there's a, there's a popular saying um, um, that among us, oh, it's easy for you to say, you know, oh, it's easy for you to say. You know, when you go through a hard time, like when I was going through a hard time, somebody came in, and I don't know, I don't know if it was one of you guys, but said, yeah, you know, I was just sitting, having a really hard day processing everything, and somebody came in, they said, cheer up, it's okay, it's going to be fine, like God is with you. And I'm just thinking, just, please, just shut up. Don't talk to me. I know. I just need some time to cry and process things, you know. Uh, or, or, like I said, thinking to myself, I didn't say that, you know, but just thinking in my, in my mind, like, it's easy for you to say. You don't know what it is to, what it's like to lose a parent, you know. And then for those of you that have lost your parents, you know what that is like. But 
uh, or you don't know what it's to lose someone that you really love and you care about, and people will never understand until they actually go through the same experience. But uh, it's good to have people come and cheer you up. But I've realized, like, even in those sad times, you can choose, like I said a few weeks ago, you can choose to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You can choose joy. And you can let that joy um, trump the sadness and the hopelessness and despair and all those things that our emotions sometimes come. It's good to let those things out. It's good to cry. It's good to get all those things out. But it's also good to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to rejoice because, like I said, a couple of things here. I know God is going to work it out for good. I'm going I'm to choose to rejoice because God has a plan. I'm not in control. He has a plan. He knows. I don't. So choose to rejoice because of that. And then a seventh reason, if all these six reasons were not good enough for you, that you should choose to rejoice for is this. I choose to rejoice because in the end, it will all make sense. Like I said, coming to God one day when we meet in heaven, I don't think we're going to have a lot of questions. I think we're just going to say, can I just stay in the corner? I understand everything now. And there is a, there's a scripture in, in, in the Bible, uh, Corinthians 13, which is known for love. But there's this little scripture that really was, spoke to me when I was preparing this message. I believe it will speak to you. And this is what it says, Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Wow, what a truth to hang on. What a truth to rely on. We only see... 50% 50% of things right now. We only know 50%. We don't understand everything. We have maybe a lot of questions. Why this? Why that? Why does this uh, family have to suffer so much? Why does this person have to go through this? And why this? And why that? And why do I have to go? And why? 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 But because we'll never really have perfect vision until we get to heaven. And I say, wow. Okay, that, that makes sense. Okay. It didn't make sense down there. I was so mad. Like I was, I was actually depressed for like a good month over that one thing. And then I'm realizing that actually it made more sense if it was done the other way. So why was I depressed for like the whole month? Why did I reject this person? Why did I get in a fight with this person? Why did this, why that? Why? Like a lot of things will make sense to us when we get to heaven. And that's why I wrote it here and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it. I'm going to read it as I wrote it. So what are you waiting for? Let go of the grumpiness. Let go of, of the, the, the crankiness and choose gratitude because gratitude is the highway of joy. Let your gratitude flow. Release the supernatural power of joy, Holy Spirit in your life. Crank up the music because music usually makes us joyful and experience the freedom that the Holy Spirit brings, and that God intends for you right now in this moment. Not tomorrow or a week from now when things settle or maybe a month or a couple of years when everything is working out well because it's never going to be perfect. You know when a young couple says, oh, we're just going to wait until we have enough money to buy a house. Oh, we're just going to wait until we have enough uh, whatever money to have kids. 
really, in the end, it never, enough never comes around. Because <laughs> you're never going to have enough. Just go have kids, buy a house, do whatever right now, because tomorrow may never come. So what, what, we're gonna, what are we going to do as Christians? We're going to choose to focus, not on our emotions, because emotions come and go. They, they, they are changeable. They bring us sorrow. But we're going to choose to focus on God, because when we focus on God, we get joy. Amen? That's when you get joy. You want to experience the fullness of God's joy in your heart? That's what you do. You focus on God. Not on your circumstance, not on the storm, like the song we sing. Uh, not not on, on the bad things that have happened to you or bad things that have done, you know, they have done to you or she has said or he has said this. But you, tr- you, you focus on God. You choose joy because he's good. He's a good God. He has a plan. He works all things for good. You're eternally secure. This is not our home, by the way. We're only here for a certain period of time. Some people live short. Some people live long. But we're just passengers here. And our home is in heaven. That's where our home is. And our home is a joyful place. It is more joy than you'll ever experience in your entire life. So let's prepare for heaven. Let's choose joy right now. Choose to rejoice. Like Apostle Paul, he could have been writing about anything else, but he was sitting in a prison cell and telling us, we're not in prison, as far as I know. Maybe some of you are. (laughs) Maybe a different type of prison. But he was telling us and saying, rejoice. I repeat, rejoice. Choose joy. I repeat, choose joy. Because that's what is going to get you through the hard times. Amen? Why don't we just all stand as I pray for all of us. Pray for you, that you would experience more joy in your life, in your heart this morning. That you would be filled with new hope, new peace. And all these things and the promises in the scripture in the Philippians, it says, you know, you're going to experience the exceeding uh, peace and joy. It's, it's when, you, when you choose to rejoice, when you choose God, when you choose to focus on God, that you experience all these things. So, Father, this morning, we just choose to focus on you, not on our emotions, which come and go. But we choose to focus on you, your plan for our life, on your goodness, on your love, and your grace, on your hope. You are our hope. You are our salvation. You fill us with, with joy. You fill us with strength. And we want, to be more, we want to be more full of you, God. We want to be filled with you more and more each day of our lives. We want to focus on you. Because you give us all that we need. You are all that we need, Jesus. Bless everyone in this house. Fill every heart with joy. Fill every heart with peace. And may we all know right now, deep down in our hearts, that you love us, you care for us, and you have a plan for us. We focus on you, and we do not want to focus on anything else. So help us, God. Lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. I want to just encourage you.